so much for being here because you could have uh, chosen to be anywhere else in this city or this state, but you decided to be here. And, and thank you so much for being a part of, of this baby dedication. You know, that's the future of the church. Amen. Every little child in here that is screaming and making noise, like, let them, let them do that. I'm good. It doesn't distract me, but they're the future of the church. So we need to be praying for those individuals uh, on a daily basis. Uh, so, again, thank you so much for being here. We're, we're going to continue in this chapter 12. And this chapter 12, ladies and gentlemen, I, got to, I just got to say this. Like, it's rocking my world. You don't preach through Romans and it doesn't change your life. You don't read through Romans and it doesn't change your life. But I just want to say, I said this in the first service, that all of you who are here on this day listening to me speak, you are not here by chance. What you are about to hear, I'm not saying that because I'm some eloquent speaker that all of a sudden you're going to be changed. I'm saying for whatever reason you've shown up. And we preach the word of God and let the spirit take care of the rest. He has something for you. Does that make sense? He has something for you today because you chose to be here. And with that being said, I want you to know that everybody in here has a peace. Uh, you guys hear me say that all the time. You got this peace. That what you've been dealing with this week... But you've been dealing with that life-dominating problem that may be something that has been years in the making. I don't know. He's dealing with you on an individual level because in a, on a corporate level, it, it's all going to tie together. I don't know how that is going to look. I don't know what that's going to look like. But I want you to know that every individual in here, you are so significant, I don't even think you really understand it. What God is doing in you is so significant. Do not push that to the back burner. He is talking to you this morning. Amen. Now see, I could say that and it not hit whatsoever. But I'm taking a moment to say, look, don't listen to me. Listen to what the scripture is saying. Do you hear me this morning? Listen to what God is trying to communicate to us through this scripture. Because it is, man, it's going to open you up. And it's going to help in that moment bring you to a place where you are exactly what he's asked you to be. Anybody else in here want to be exactly who you were made to be and just forget all the other stuff? Today's a day. Today can be a day that you take a step towards that. Amen? So, again, as we preach through this book, Chapter 12 of, of the book of Romans, I said last week that, look, ladies and gentlemen, I am not a New Year's resolutioner guy. I cannot stand that stuff. Why? Because you usually are setting yourself up to fail. You just are. All right? I love that we serve a God that he doesn't need one day a year to be able to say, all right, I'm going to get right. You can do it every day, every five minutes. You can come back and be the prodigal son, whatever it is. Okay? But I remember saying that I would contend that in our foundational scriptures that are underneath all of what we do, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, Acts 2, 41 through 47, Isaiah 9, 6, that the entire book, chapter 12 of the book of Romans, would be put into our leadership manual, what we come out of. The reason I say that is this. I, I, the more I dive into this and the more I slow down and look at what Christ is saying, what we have been able to do through 
the year of 2017 was preached basically through the first 11 chapters of Romans. Now here's what I want you to understand about the first 11 chapters. It's all doctrine. It says, here's who Christ is. Here is why he is able to save us. Here's what happens when he does, and you have nothing to do with it. It's all doctrine. It's all basically walking up to people and smack them in the head with the law, right? Anybody in here ever done that? You need to get out. No, I'm just kidding. Please stay. I need you. Please stay. Yes. What I'm saying is this. When did Christ ever ask us to do that? When did he ask us to ever just come with doctrine, 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 and no exercise of the very thing that we just got done learning? We've been looking at doctrine for an entire year. My goodness, we get to chapter 12, he says this, therefore, basically saying, if this is in you, this is what should come out of you. But it should come out of you in a way that is according to Jesus Christ. And not according, watch this, to your pain. Not according to your church experiences. Not according to the thing that just ravages your heart and for some reason you just can't get past it. For some reason you just can't get over it, but yet you operate out of it every single day. See, Romans 12 is saying, here's how to live. Here's how to live a life just like Jesus. Are you guys with me this morning? Now, I'm going to get to reading this scripture, but the entire chapter doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. Because it's contrary to what human nature would tell you to do when it comes to loving somebody. Somebody smacks you on this cheek, turn the other one. Somebody steals your coat, give them your shirt too. Christianity is the only religion that is not about itself. Not about the individual gaining as much as possible. It's about how much can the individual give. Are you with me today? This chapter 12 is broken up into three sections. Before I read this, we're on to the third section. But I've come to realize it's all about service. If Christ is in you, after we get all this doctrine, what are you going to do? Serve. After he tells us all of why he came, that he came to seek and save the lost, to build man up and not tear him down, what are you going to do with that? Well, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm just going to serve. Verses 1 and 2, it's all about service towards God, my heart towards Jesus. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's a huge verse, man. That gets quoted all the time. And then it moves on to say, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So after he tells us it's about justification, sanctification, glorification, and his sovereignty in the first 11 chapters of the book of Romans, he says, a good exchange is that you give your life to Christ. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's a good exchange. For what he paid, is he getting enough in return? For giving his life and Laying on the cross and being beaten beyond recognition, is he getting something in return that is to the same level? Man, I tell you what, places in my life where I'm like, mm -mm, no. Guy up front is saying that. Because I'm not perfect. Ain't nobody in here perfect. You walk in here thinking that you're perfect, you got, the, you got to figure it out. You might want to walk right back out that door, take your mask off, put it in the trash can, come on back in. You guys with me this morning? Dedicated service towards Christ, giving, presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice to him. 
Then verses 3 through 13, it's about dedicated service across the aisle, across the pew. And no, that's not a political term, cross the aisle. I'm saying that. But what I'm saying is if we have an inability, if we have an inability to love one another the way Christ told us to love, then we shouldn't even meet on a Sunday morning. What is the point? Because I could tell people about what I know about Jesus all day long, but if it doesn't come out of my exercise towards my brother, towards my sister, towards my mom, towards somebody who I don't necessarily want to be around, guess what? The gospel's not in me. Or I'm not operating out of it. The gospel could be in me, but guess what I'm operating out of? Pain. Church experiences. What people have done to me. All of those things are not insignificant, but the Lord never asked us to operate out of them. Do you guys hear me this morning? Verses 3 through 13 talk about service to one another. Don't think too highly of yourself, but also don't think too lowly of yourself. Understand that every piece in this room, every gift that's been given to every man has to be used accordingly, but it's as important as the next. And then some of the messages that Beck preached that are just, I mean, just, I'm on my face in the back like, oh, Lord, please, I'm this wretched person. Love without hypocrisy. Don't be a professional pretender when it comes to loving. <laughs> Man. But with brotherly love, be devoted to one another. You know what that means? Man, shoot, I was telling you guys up here that the mama bear, the papa bear, that's in us. Towards our flesh and blood. But is it in us? Towards each other. Do you know that the word says that you're not supposed to love your kin more than the person down the street? All men are deserving of the love of Christ. All men are capable of accessing that because he put all men on the status of redeemed when he did what he did on the cross. Therefore, we have a choice to step into that. Are you with me this morning? So we get to verse, okay, I'm done talking, all right? Well, maybe I'm not done talking, but the intro was kind of long, okay? All right, we're going to jump in. I'm going to read these verses. This is... these. These are verses 14 uh, through 21 through the end of the chapter. I don't have the time to break down more than two verses. What we did with uh, 9 through 13 is we just preached on that, that chunk for about a month. And what we're going to do here is the same thing. I'm going to emphasize verses 14 and 15. I'm going to read 14 through 21 so we can get an understanding of what's going on. Now, these, these scriptures, 14 through 21, are this. If 1 to 2 is dedicated service to Christ, and 3 through 13 is dedicated service towards one another, 14 through 21 is not only dedicated service to one another, but it's also to those outside of this church. We can huddle up. We can have potlucks. It'll be easy, because Sarah, you agree. We love Jesus, right? But what happens when we go out there and we talk to somebody who wants to do everything they can to tell me that what I believe is false? But I know it's true. But I know it's true. Does that make sense? This is how do we serve the community. How do we do it in a way that makes a difference? Listen to me when I say that. How do we do it in a way that makes a difference? Let's read this. It says this, bless those who persecute you. <laughs> Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. And here's some of the 
hardest hitting scriptures in this whole chapter. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. And if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved. But leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will, help, you will heap burning coals on his head. Verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good beauty. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now see, I can, I can read those scriptures, and I tell you what, my butt starts to shift in the seat. The, the definition of the word inconceivable is that you really just can't, Understand it. You can't wrap your mind around it. The title of this message, Inconceivable Love. Now let me say this before, well let me just jump into this real quick. This is verse 14, if we can get that up on the, the screen. This first statement, ladies and gentlemen, is diametrically opposed to the flesh that we are. Because I tell you what, somebody who persecutes me Somebody who persecutes my family. Somebody who comes up against somebody who I love. Somebody who um, decides that they want to take energy, thought, and basically do everything they can to take my legs off from underneath me, destroy me. What this word is saying is you need to bless those people. I most certainly will not. Okay? Our nature says... You hurt me, I would do everything I can to not let that happen again. I used to be like that, and there's parts in me that still are. I can confess that to you guys right now. That when you get to a place in your relationship with me, that if it starts to be toxic towards me, I used to have this mode of operation that I would say, I will never feel that again, so you will never be a part of my life. That is not Jesus. That is not the gospel. That is not a representation of his love. It's not. If I am going to contend for chapter 12 to be something that we operate out of, then guess what? The guy up front, he's got to be operating out of it. He does. But if you look at this word bless, here's why this verse just makes no sense. But it makes perfect sense. The Greek word for bless in this scripture is Eulego. So E-U-L-O-G-E-O-S. Eulegos, or however you say it. Alright? I got it from the teacher. Got the pronunciation. Good. Sometimes I just butcher the mess out of the English or Greek language. But it's, it's two words smashed together. And E-U means this in Greek. It means favor and prosperity. And legos, lego means to say. So this word, bless, means to speak prosperity, to say, to speak favor on somebody. Christ, what you're asking me to do is when somebody takes, how do I say this? When somebody takes it upon themselves to make sure that they hurt me, you're telling me that what I have to do is speak prosperity to them? I'll tell you what, that makes no sense whatsoever. It's inconceivable. 
But it's a love, ladies and gentlemen, that changes people's lives. Because when you come up to me and you say everything you can to, to destroy me, and I say, bless you, brother, <laughs> well, man, like, no, let me come again with something else that's destructive. Hey, it's prosperity to you. That right there, ladies and gentlemen, is the representation of Christ's bride. It's not a close second. It's not uh, settling for something. It's not 95% of it. No, see, he wants the bride of Christ, his church, to be like that. To change people's lives in a moment where everything says, cut that person off. Where everything says, let me walk the other way. Now, you know why this love is so inconceivable? Somebody persecutes you. Everybody know what persecution is? I've been explaining it pretty much this whole time. When you're being spit on, when you're basically being slapped in the face, when you're being told you're not enough, when you're being told that everything that Christ has made you to be just is, is just wrong, it's just off, and you won't amount to anything. Think about that. The world says that all day long. Do you know that when Christ had a however many hundred pound cross on his back, and he was being spat on. He was being cursed. He was tied to a tree stump with a bear claw looking whip, ripping the flesh off of his back for your and I's sake. In the middle of his persecution, you know what he said to you and I? I'm going to speak prosperity to you. So the reason why we are asked to do it is because he did it in the most destructive situation in history. And he was able to have you and I and Sir Charles and every other baby in here on his mind. Why do we bless those who persecute you? Because on a daily basis, we persecute God and he continues to bless you and I. That is more than enough reason, ladies and gentlemen, to clap with rhythm. I'm just going to say that. It's more than enough reason to get on your knees and say, Father, thank you. Number one, I want to step away from persecuting God. I want to step away from that. But he is the exact representation of those words. Bless and do not curse. It's inconceivable. It's not natural. But I'll tell you what. He is supernatural. He's not natural. Thank God he loves me with a supernatural love. And not a love that says, man, when I mess up, He's just going to cut me off and put me over here in the corner and wait till I get right. And then, oh, maybe then we can talk. See, he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. Speak prosperity to those who persecute you and bless and do not curse. Now, let me make this statement as we, can we get Matthew 5, 43 through 48 up there? There's a cross reference here. Now, I want to tell you guys, it's easy to come into this church Hey, how you doing, sister? Bless you, brother. In Jesus' name, we'll be praying for you. Hallelujah. Ha! And you just walk out, right? Why is that? Because everybody in here agrees. And if you don't agree, like, let's sit down and have coffee. We can talk about it. It'll be good. But it's easy to love somebody who loves you. And this world today says, if you disagree with me, then that means you don't love me. See, this world doesn't know what love is. Disagreeing doesn't mean you don't love. However, in our disagreement, we better love. Does that make sense? 
in our disagreeing, we better be the representation of who Christ is, being so, uh, how do I say this, interested in the person's character, not their condition. Because Christ always, in dealing with his Pharisees, in any way, not his Pharisees, but the Pharisees, any way that he talked to anybody, he spoke to the, the condition of the heart. He spoke to a man's character, a woman's character. Are you with me today in that? This scripture says this. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause right quick. We've got about 14 children in here. I just want to say this. Maybe we don't know this. There's a cry room right here, right there. So if you want to go in there, anybody, I mean, older people, you can go cry in there too if you want. I mean, that's, that's up to you. But I'm just saying, I just want to make sure we know that that's back there. Um, I don't know if you want to open up those drapes or something. Um, can I get somebody to do that? Luke, can you do that for me? Just open that up and make sure that we're serving well. But this, this scripture says this, you have heard that, if, that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Jesus comes in, he says, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? What's the point? Continue to love those who love you. Amen. Hallelujah. Like, I don't want to make this scripture something that's like, okay, you love me, I got to stop. I'm sorry. I spend all my time loving people who don't love me. He's just saying, that's not hard. Verse 46, for if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even tax collectors do the same. If you greet only your brothers, if you greet only your family, if you greet only your blood kin, what more are you doing than others? It's easy. Do not even the Gentiles do the same. Therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Man, that last line, ooh, that's a heavy one. Anybody in here perfect? Nobody better raise their hand. <laughs> and if you think you are, teach me your ways, all right? Teach them. But the only way that we are perfect is that this love isn't hindered by anything. This love that's inconceivable, that comes from Christ, man, that's got to flow through you. So here's a scripture that speaks to us saying, guess what? Loving your family, you're supposed to do that. Loving people who love me or love you in Christ, you're supposed to do that. But what happens when somebody slaps you in the face? What are you going to do? That right there, ladies and gentlemen, is what changes people's lives. When every single part of the situation points towards cut them off, slap them back, get a little bit emotional and say something that's going to cut them down because you're witty like that. And you can just, for whatever reason, you just get this high off of being able to snap back at somebody. Is that saving anybody's life but your own? Which needs saving if you feel as though you have to respond that way? Are you with me this morning? Bless those who persecute you. Speak prosperity in a moment where there is none. Man, tell you what, that's what brings people to Jesus. Because they don't get it. 
Man, I just spit in your face. And all you want to do is serve me? Make me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Let's go to a movie? Get out of here. That's uncomfortable. You imagine that? You just curse somebody out and they're like, oh, let's go get lunch. I'm like, no. I feel bad now. You're going to sit over there and judge me. <laughs> See, this is, this is evangelical in nature. It's evangelism. I don't want you to think about evangelizing with your words as much as I would want you to think about evangelizing with your conduct towards one another. John 13, 34, and 35 gives us the rubric. If you want to be my disciple, if you want to follow after me, I want you to love your neighbor as yourself. And then there's a comma. Even as I have loved you. One of the Ten Commandments says, I want you to love the Lord your God, and then I want you to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, I love myself. So I'm going to do everything I can to lift myself up and get the better car, the house, you know, the whatever it is. But Christ comes in with this caveat that says, I want you to do it the way I showed you how to do it. Love yourself. Love your neighbor. But I want you to do it my way. Because my way is in the face of persecution, you bless. In the face of hate, you love. And it may be hard. And it's unnatural for the, for the flesh. But when you do it supernaturally, man, that's a big thing. Are you with me this morning? Now, we're only going to hit this verse first, uh, verse 15, before we kind of bring this whole thing to a close. And let's get that Romans. There we go. It says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Uh, you know, I, I feel like as I'm preaching, this can be a tall order, right? It really can Get to a place in your life where you're like, how am I supposed to do this? Because everything in me wants to protect me. And it's not as though we even do that consciously. It's our nature to protect yourself. But let me say this. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says when you become a believer, when you give your life to Christ, you become a new creation. That means the old is gone and the new is what you live out of. You live out of this new body, this new mind, this new spirit, right? And that means that Christ lives in you. He does. You've been given the heart, the mind, the eyes, the speech, the conduct of Christ. There's scripture that says everything that we've ever needed has been put in us. We lack nothing. I don't know if we've heard that before. You lack nothing, okay? Nowhere in the word does Christ tell us to step outside of walking in the spirit. Nowhere. After you give your life to the Lord, it's like, man, 24-7, we should be walking in it. This is, a, this is a type of love that when the spirit hits, this is what comes out. See, we can't do this on our own. You can't do this aside from the Holy Spirit. So the question is this, what are we doing to quench the Holy Spirit? What are we doing to suppress all that Christ has put in you so that instead of Christ coming out, man, I respond out of my pain. Instead of Christ coming out, man, I just throw up walls and say, you, you, you. hey, guess what? Tough skin. You didn't hurt me with that. But way deep down inside, that word that that person said, it hit the little boy. It hit the little girl. And you're thinking about it all day long. You could tell me and show me that it didn't affect you, but I know it did. I know it did. 
See, when Christ is in you, he's got to come out of you. What are we doing to quench that? Here is my, here is my charge before we kind of get into this, this verse 15 in more depth. In order to give this love, ladies and gentlemen, you got to receive it. You have to receive it. You have to receive a God who wiped away the record book. There's some stuff you've done. Oh, goodness gracious, there's some stuff I've done. But if I hold myself hostage for what I've done, that's me opening up the record book that he doesn't even look at anymore. That's me not receiving a love that says, you persecute me every day, but I'm still going to bless you, son. So here's my charge to you this morning. I, I am... I am appealing to you, asking you, begging you to receive this love that Christ is pouring out for each and every one of us. Receive it. As I try to look at everybody in here, receive this. When you receive it, man, that's what comes out. Who, buddy, I'm telling you. I'm like getting chills. I want to run up and down the aisle right now. I'm going to refrain from that because I don't want to pop the other Achilles, okay? I'm old. Body don't work the same way it's supposed to. Receive it. Serious. Receive it right now. Because it doesn't make sense, but he keeps giving it. The only way that I can give it is if I receive it. So therefore, I can be a conduit because I am a changed individual. Does that make sense this morning? So what happens as a result of that is you have a view or a perspective just like Christ's. You hear things the way Christ hears them. You see them the way he does. You operate the way he does towards one another. In love, and it's great, and it's cake and candy and streamers and balloons, and it's awesome. We can add chicken and watermelon and all kinds of good stuff into that. All right, yeah, preach. Come on, I see it. I see you right there. All of that is great. Then he says this. If that's the case, then when somebody rejoices, you need to rejoice with them. Even if they have everything that you have ever wanted and you have nothing, rejoice. Because they have what God intended for them. See, it changes the way you, 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 you handle people. changes the way you talk to them. I don't have the house yet. I don't have the family yet. I don't have the, the child yet. It's a burning desire in my heart. My best friend does. But you know what? I rejoice with him. Because little Sir Charles is, I don't know if I can say this and it really hit, but as close to me as his own dad. And I would die for that kid. Hardly even know him. He can't even speak to me. Hear him talking to him, he's just drooling all over the place. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Don't drool all over the place when you talk to each other, right? Rejoice with those who rejoice, regardless of where you're at. We have to be happy for those who have the thing that we want. Because that changes lives. People will be like, I don't want you to come over because I know you want this and I don't want to rub it in your face. Stop it. I'm coming over because I love you and I want to rejoice with you. Whoa. But what's the next one? Weep with those who weep. And somebody's going through something. 
and all of a sudden you're unavailable? See, that's not Jesus in you. That's not the gospel. Sometimes I go through stuff, and I don't want to be around people because I don't want to burden them with my stuff. He never said that. You can rob people of the opportunity to weep with you and build you up because of stubbornness. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. The message last week was this. Put your money where your mouth is. Everybody in here, if we say we love Jesus, man, it's got to be done his way. Put your money where your mouth is. Take yourself off the throne of your life and let him make decisions for you. And from that, let him come out of you. Put your money where your mouth is. Let's be the exact representation of who Christ asked the church to be and not our own representation. I don't know how else to say it. When we operate out of pain, we end up hurting each other. We got to get that out. Put your money where your mouth is. Let's be real. Guess what? Anybody in here are going to judge you. And if you do, let's make it simple. Stop it. Huh? Hey, that was easy. Right? You don't have to have 12 steps to counseling to stop judging people. Quit it. Cut it off. Get it out. <laughs> stop quenching the Holy Spirit. Put your money where your mouth is. Love one another like Christ told us to do. And watch if we don't change this whole city. Just because we walked up to the person in the grocery store and said, bless you. I don't know what you're going through, but I want to speak prosperity into your life. Bless you. That person may be two seconds away from pulling a trigger or popping pills the night before just to take everything away, take the pain away. You could say two words, bless you, and it changes their life. Who am I to say that I'm too proud to do that because of my own feelings getting hurt? Or what if they say this? It's not up to you. What if they come back at me and all of a sudden we get into a spiritual debate? I didn't ask you to do that, son. I just told you to bless them. Are we going to be obedient? Ephesians 4, uh, excuse me, 3, 17 through 19 talks about rooted and grounded in love. Preached on this last year. From a root comes nutrients out to the branches. How can you tell an apple tree is an apple tree? Fruit, right? If you look at the roots of an apple tree, and some of you guys may be, like, really smart, so don't answer this because I'm trying to make a point, all right? You look at the roots of an apple tree without seeing what's on the end of the branch. Are you going to tell that that's an apple tree? But what's in the root is coming out in the fruit. You have bad roots. I'm sorry you don't produce good fruit. When you are rooted and grounded in the love of Christ, guess what comes out? Loving the way that he said to love it. You're with me this morning. It's inconceivable. Can't wrap your head around it. Don't try. Just do it. Just do it. Amen? Are we good this morning? I hope that y'all walk out of here encouraged, not beat down. Saying, you're capable of doing this. I am too. There's points in my life, man, I got to change. I have to. Because it's misrepresenting his bride. I heard my dad talk last, yesterday. About my mom. About my mom. It was good. Okay, so let's just keep that there. It's good. 
but he was speaking to some pastors in the rest of the town. He's trying to make a point. He said, everybody in here, it's my dad speaking to these men. You guys know who my wife is. Vicky, right? My mom. He looks at him and he says, if any one of you were to say something or do something to her, I will come after you. And the point that he was trying to make is you don't just get to come into the church and speak to the bride of Christ any way that you want. You don't get, you just don't get to do that. That's his woman. Christ is about the business of protecting his woman that way. Guess what? That's you and I. Are we about the business of protecting one another? The only way we can do that, ladies and gentlemen, is if we are a conduit and there is nothing damming up the river. So I'm going to say this to you. Let the Lord get at your pain. It's down there. There's some stuff that you're like, yeah, I'll let him do that. Yeah, I'll let him get down there. Nope. Because it's so, how do I say it, easy to operate out of it. He wants to remove that. So that the way that we love, people just don't understand, but they know it comes from Jesus. Amen? Come on now. Let's uh, get prepared for our offering as we close for this morning. Yeah. Um, I would call the worship team back up, but hey, boys got the microphone. I still got to say some things. Um, do you want it again? Yeah. Uh, sometimes we have words, sometimes we have things that are impressed upon people, and we want to give room for those things to be spoken. And you guys have heard from Peaches before, from Valerie, um, who's been at ESS for a long time. And uh, why don't you come up here, Valerie? Um, I trust that the, the, the Lord works in this woman's life in a way that whatever is about to be said, guys, I want you to listen. Because um, this woman operates in the prophetic. And so once Valerie's done, I'm going to kind of have Beck come up here and close this service for us. But uh, I love this because as the word goes out, there's a response. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, you go ahead. Uh, give an honor to God this morning. Oh, the Lord this morning just put on my heart about resentment that we have to pray and come against that stronghold of resentment. And when I was driving up here, the Lord started talking to me about that. And then as I sat and I was hearing Alex, I said, yep, that's him. That's <laughs> right there in the house. And then the Lord, it was just all of a sudden, I just felt a heaviness here that there are hearts right now in this house whew, that are struggling with resentment. Thinking that resentment is a safe place for your anger, that you finally come to grips with it. But if you still hold it, you are not coming to grips with it. The Lord is right there saying, give it up, give it to him. That little safe place you thought you built is actually a self-imprisonment. You're doing the work of Satan for him to hold that in there because you have captured your own self. You have pinned your own self in and not giving yourself room to grow in him. You put a barrier up between that love and those blessings the Lord want to bestow on you, thinking you're protecting yourself, you're hurting yourself. 
And right now, the Lord just wants everybody to come out against that resentment, to pray against it. It's a stronghold for a few of us, and it's time to let it go and let the Lord's love flow through you. Let his blessings come on out. We need to give it out right now. Hallelujah. Right now. Hallelujah. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's time to be set free. We got to quit imprisoning ourselves. The Lord has so much for you and so much work for you to do, and you can't receive what you need to receive with those walls that you've built. So right now, we're going to just pray against. Hallelujah. Right now, come, we're just coming across that stronghold of resentment right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we're slaying it right now. What's bound on earth is bound in heaven. Right now, hallelujah. Stronghold, you're broken right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Woo. Yes, Lord. And if you need some some extra blessings and stuff. We have folks that can do that. I think we got some powerful oil in this house <laughs> that can bless you and penetrate through right now, but don't be shy. You need to get rid of that thing and, and go ahead and receive what the Lord has for you. Oh, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, he loves you. He loves you. Go ahead and let that love come on out. Amen. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, receive that. Receive it. It can get uncomfortable when somebody gets loud, but it's getting loud for a reason, all right? It's supposed to be uncomfortable. I, I, that, that, I man, come on. I received that one. Self-imprisonment, woo. All right, so um, why don't you guys come up front here, and let's take up our offering, and I'm going to let Beck kind of close us. Um, I don't want to miss out on what the Lord is doing with that. But Heavenly Father, thank you so much for what you're doing this morning. And Lord, we don't come to church just to, part or to, to be a spectator. Sometimes, Lord, you ask us to be uh, a participator and get up off the bench and step into something that might be uncomfortable, but Lord, it sets us free. I pray for freedom in this room right now. But Lord, if, we, if there are individuals and hearts in this room that need to be freed, we set them free right now in the name of Jesus. Free from the bondage of addiction, free from the bondage of uh, um, not having self-confidence, Father. I could go down the list here, but Lord, there's freedom. Break those chains right now in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that as we take up this offering, that Lord, it is an act of love towards you. And Father, we receive what you say to us in the word on how to not only love each other but to love you and we want to give in this moment and father you speak to us about giving that it should be a joyful thing if it's not joyful don't do it so father i pray that as as we take up this offering what is put in there is put in there with a joyful heart father so that we can further this ministry and further your kingdom father you don't need money to further your kingdom you do that but Father, we just want to give you what's yours, what is already yours. So we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. You guys can go ahead and pass that. Um, man, that was good. I think every person, whether they're a Christian or not, is aware of good and aware of evil. We have this understanding about the stuff 
in the world or in us that we can't see, we can't touch, what we're certain is there, one way or another. Um, I believe that maybe in the world, but especially in this country, there is an, an epidemic of uh, outthinking stuff we know to be true. We, we have thought about loving people, and so we start to love people the way we think we would ought to be loved or we would like to receive love or vice versa. And we remove any other truth or reality, we kind of push it out of the way over time because of our thinking. And we call our thinking truth, and then truth is just sitting right next to us, being truth all along. We've, we've converted our, our thinking to, uh, maybe you align with this, I know that I do, man. There's times when I'm supposed to be this loving pastor, I do this like professionally, and I'm supposed to know the Bible, but I'll tell you what, I have rejoiced when others have weeped. I have. And I have weeped when others were in a place of rejoicing. And I've, I've, I call myself a loving person, but I'm so disjointed from the truth about love. And I think some of us are there. We have a thought about love. We have a concept about love. But now we're starting to think, well, wait, wait. What if it's something other than what we've thought all along? What if the way I think I'm supposed to receive love or how I'm supposed to act, maybe I need to get my stinking thinking and set it aside. And maybe I could just let love tell me what it is. It's a hard thing to do. It is. Resentment imprisons you from that type of ability. It forces us to, like, um, um, Peaches was saying, we put ourselves in a prison and we call it a safe place. Nah, man. <laughs> You're just in prison. Now, this is an emotional thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's a thinking thing. But more than any of it, man, it's a God thing. There's something beyond us that can help us. The Holy Spirit can guide us, can teach us, can, can rethink us. This is the word for you. It can transform us. See, Christians in America trying to think about being Christians, they've conformed. We've come this big, ugly blob of conformity, and we haven't been transformed. The Lord doesn't want us to conform. My point is this. Maybe there's some stuff about love. Maybe there's a version of love you've never experienced before, though you think you've known about it all along. I'd like to invite you. I'd like to, to I would beg you, I would ask you to just open up your heart. To consider for a moment, maybe you don't know as much as you think you do. Maybe we shouldn't think, you shouldn't think as highly of yourself or what you know for sure. Maybe you shouldn't think that highly of yourself or what you know. And instead, become vulnerable for a minute. Open that prison door of resentment or assurity in facts or logic or your history and say, Lord, would you tell me the truth? Would you accept that like a gift? This is how the man, the inner man, the core of who we are is turned into something else. This is called transformation. I, I, I feel I need to just tell a, a really quick story, then we're going to be done. We'll be out of here. A great book uh, years ago called The Tip of the Spear. A missionary family went down to a tribe to try and convert them to Christianity. <laughs> like a crazy thing. Hey kids, we're going to go to where no one speaks our language, where no one knows clothes, and we're going to try and express the gospel to them. This tribe captured them, lined them up, and started killing them because of this 
unconformity to what they were saying. One person escaped, ran away, went back to America. This is a true story. 30 years later, the gospel has so affected him, he goes back to this tribe and he says, I need to find these people who did this thing. It's this legendary moment. This tribe was celebrating that day, like, hey, we overcome to those people that tried to invade us. This man approaches this chief and expresses to him without the medium of language or understanding a level of forgiveness and love that wasn't comprehended in that chief's mind but in his heart go ahead and try and change the world with a lot of money try and change the world with a really good point try to change the world on capitol hill try to change the world by bending everybody's arm or forcing them to think like you think or maybe because of all of our history of failures we could try and change the world by genuinely authentically truthfully loving somebody else it's expensive man it is don't have to be rich and powerful people in the sense of the world to be very rich and very powerful and so um, it's affecting me because I'm not any good at it you know <laughs> we're, we're working on it we need each other I, I have stuff in my life where I want to push people down so that I could be raised up and I know you do the same my prayer today is that if you want to, man, we're going to play this song. Man, if this is just on you, I just want you to come to the front. No one's going to mess with you. No, Because we don't know any better either. But if you want to open yourself up to the Lord, you can come and sit in the pews or sit on the ground and you can ask God, get what isn't love out of me that I think it is and bring the real stuff to me so that I can go hand it out to as many people as I can. Okay, I'm going to pray because I'm done now. Lord, I just thank you for, uh, for this day. Lord, I thank you for um, a people who want to pursue a genuine and authentic version of the truth. Who are sick of placating and conforming to what everybody else says to be true. Lord, I want to go on a mission and discover what actually is. And I pray, Lord, in the, in the area of love that you would show me, show us exactly what it is. I believe, Lord, that there was no greater demonstration of that love than you on the cross. Help us, Lord, to behave and operate in the same way, showing preference to one another, honoring one another in love. In Jesus' name, amen. So this, uh, this area is up here is open. If you want to go ahead and do some time in prayer with the Lord, you're certainly welcome to do that. If not, I'd invite you to stand and, and sing along in this song uh, to close the service. Thanks. Let's stand to our feet as we close. He is jealous for me. Love's like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of His wind and mercy. Afflictions eclipsed by glory. I realize just how beautiful you are, how great your affections are for me. And oh, how he loves us so. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us. 
drawn to redemption by the grace in his eyes if grace is an ocean we're all sinking heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss my heart turns violently inside of my chest i don't have time to maintain these regrets when i think about the way that he loves us oh how he loves us oh how he loves us oh how he loves yeah how he loves us oh how he loves us oh how he loves us oh how he loves and he says i love you oh how i love you oh how i love you oh how i love jesus you love me oh how you Jesus, we make that our prayer. I receive you in how you love. I receive you, Lord. I receive you. I receive you. How you love me. He you're doing something in this room right now that is on a level lord that is wrecking some of us lord and we're watching it wreck other people although we know that it's real we know the conviction is real and so father whatever you're doing god i pray that there's more i pray that you continue you continue in a way father that this doesn't just end here father this is continued as we move into the next responsibility the next thing that man i look at people different man because i know how much jesus loves me regardless and so father it's inconceivable we don't understand it but we're capable of it because you are in us so i just believe in this moment that for those of you who are up here that if if uh, as we close if you want to stay and get prayed for we will definitely do that 
I want to do with the rest of us is, is respect our time and we're going to close this service. But we're going to continue to minister up here. So Father, what you have done in us this morning, God, I pray that we can, these can be our, our memories that we talk about. Man, remember that one time? Yeah, God got us. Remember that one time? He, he, he opened up my heart. Yep. I'm different now. We walk out of here changed people. We walk out of here affected by the word of God. And then we take that to the rest of the world. Father, we love you. We thank you. We need you. And in Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. You guys are free to go. This